Hello, everyone, and welcome to Travel Flow Radio. I'm your host, Sendigo, and here we share wild and inspiring travel stories that give you the motivation and insights to go see what this big world has to offer for yourself. So thank you for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thank you guys so much for your support for my first episode. I really appreciated it if you listened. Today's episode is a little bit different than the first. I have a guest speaker on the podcast today, and this was actually the very first episode or the very first recording that I ever did for the podcast. Like at this point, the podcast didn't even have a name, um, but I knew I needed to get my friend Maddie's story. And this was back in July when we recorded this um podcast so i'll just keep in mind this is my very first recording but it's a really exciting story on maddie's six months that she spent alone in india so uh, it's going to be really interesting and i hope you guys enjoy thank you for listening trust a huge part of our human experience trusting yourself to get you where you need to go while also keeping yourself safe Trusting that you're stronger than your struggles, and the trust that you're simply capable and worthy. Putting trust into the universe to send the right people to you in a time of need. Trusting that the chaotic moments in life are just as sacred and important as the serenity that other moments are filled with. Leaning into all moments of your journey to thrive with the present state of being. Trusting in divine timing and finding humor in the mishaps of life. Trust is a huge part of traveling and it's experiencing the world that can create magical connections and coincidences. But what happens when that same trusting mindset betrays you and you're left taken advantage of and lost in a world of strangers? How do you pick yourself up again and learn to trust? Putting yourself out there just isn't the same. But these experiences test and build our intuition to help us find out which parts of our psyche to listen to and which are merely just fear and anxiety speaking. They build our resilience and show how strong it is to be a human. So a little reminder from the world that we are stronger than what we are going through. And on this episode of Travel Flow Radio, today we talk about leaning into the chaos, trusting in yourself, and knowing when to staunch the fuck up. We are recording today from Ecuador, a beautiful little sleepy surf town called Ayampe on the Ecuadorian coast. Uh, I am here with my dear friends, Maddie. Uh, we met in the mountainous areas, La Sierra of Ecuador in the Andes Mountains. Uh, when I met her the first night, I realized I wanted to interview her for my podcast. So today we're going to find out just what makes this woman such a bad bitch so Oi. hello maddie hey. welcome how are you i'm i'm terrific mate i'm very good how are you going i'm doing great we're here we got a beautiful view of the beach we're having some vegan donuts and we're excited to get this podcast started so uh today we're talking about maddie uh, and her trip to india where she spent six months traveling uh by herself so i uh, will just give maddie some space to talk about herself um how long she's been traveling uh like this and yeah why she decided to go to india and anything that prepared her for the experience 
Yeah, so, well, firstly, thank you for having me. Yes, it's an honor. thank you for being here. Um, I really appreciate it. And yeah, so I've been, I'm 28. I'm originally from Melbourne, Australia. And I've been traveling on and off since I was 22. So I first left and I did a bit of a drunk tour, drunk tourist through Asia and Europe. Um, but that is when I realized that I wanted to make this my life mission really um, and then I went back to Australia for a year and then I and then I left again but with a bit more purpose this time um, and I went back to Southeast Asia and I frolicked around there for maybe four months before heading to India where I spent six months three months uh, in the north then one month in Nepal and then three months back in India in the south mm-hmm. um, and then um, I moved to Vietnam for a year and a half, Portugal for five months, then back to Australia for a year, um, and now I'm back traveling, backpacking, doing what I got to do. Here in South America. Here in South America. <coughs> and how long have you been traveling, and how long are you planning on traveling on this trip in on South America? On this trip? It's been six months to the day, actually. Oh, wow. Yeah. What a great anniversary. I know. It actually really is. What I'm a having day. a great day. Yeah. Um, so it's been six months to the day. Um, I started in Mexico, six weeks in Mexico with a good friend of mine, mm-hmm. and then Colombia for three months, and now I've been in Ecuador for two and a half, I guess. That makes sense. Yeah. Or, or a month and a half. And we're riding it out for a lot longer? Yeah, hopefully at least until April next year. Okay. Um, if not longer, to be honest with you. We'll see what comes up. I used to, like I said, I used to teach English in Vietnam. So I've sort of kept that uh, in my back pocket if something appears. Um, always, And yeah. there's always little ways, you know. Part of the thing I love about traveling is like you meet people who are doing life in such an interesting way and making money in so many different ways it doesn't necessarily Very inspiring yeah and it doesn't necessarily have to be this like nine to five like for some people yes like that's what it is or that's what it has to be but not necessarily for everybody um yeah beautiful we love that so <laughs> did you kind of stumble upon India or why did you choose to go to India? Um, I was ready for a challenge, I guess. Mm-hmm. I'd heard so much about it. I, I was with a good friend of mine in Borneo, in Malaysia, mm, yes. uh, in the Malaysian part of Borneo. And he'd been to India before and I said, oh, I don't know, it's calling me, you know, like I think it's time to go. And I was nervous. Of course. More nervous than I'd been for other places. For me, I don't know, once you've sort of backpacked a little bit solo, you sort of are like, oh yeah, here we go. But this just felt like another, yeah, like another step up. And I just felt ready for it. But also really anxious about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I flew into Delhi from Malaysia and, um, and then, yeah, just sort of. How was that experience? It's a big airport. Like, um, yeah, it was fine. I mean, (laughs) the first person I spoke to was a man of course and he he was checking my passport he had to stamp my passport and he was like asking me if I had whatsapp or facebook and I'm like Hmm. do I have to lie to this I don't want to give this man my facebook but I think it was fine but um you gave it to him no I can't even remember to be honest with you I (laughs) I think I did because I was like let me into the country Um, yeah right just being as nice as you possibly can yeah exactly I'm like my fate is in this man's hands but um no, it's fine. Like, um, I don't know. You just hear so many stories about India. Like, 
constantly. Mm -hmm. Everyone says the same thing, and having go having been there now, I see why. Mm -hmm. It really is like a love or hate situation. It is chaotic. It is crazy. But then if you can find the flow in that, then yeah, then you're winning. Like then mm -hmm. it's for me. It's obviously I'm talking about it because I loved it. So. Um, it ended up being my, my favorite country that I've been to so far. And like my, one of my favorite periods of because my life. Because of the challenge? Is that what made it your favorite? I think, I think, yeah, rising above that challenge. And I don't know, I just, I've just never experienced joy like that from myself. You know, mm. I was really, I was really on one. Like I was just, there's just this energy there that if you can embrace and integrate yourself within, then you're a part of it and you are I don't know it's contagious I just mm. found it incredibly contagious and wow. for me I liked it you know I liked the chaos and I enjoyed the um, the stimulus it's a lot of stimulus I bet it is <laughs> yes overload I can yeah. imagine and did you ever have a moment in your first couple maybe weeks there maybe it hit you immediately where you were you had a moment where you're like, I'm in India, like this is actually happening. Mm, I mean, it happened, yeah, I would say it was like while I was in Delhi. That's the thing. India tried to kill me 100% in the yeah. first few weeks. Like in the first month and a bit, I had a pretty rough time. But yeah, it's the, the culture shock for me, obviously it's different for everyone, but for me it was just like the amount of people everywhere. That's the thing, like I've, I've spent... I've spent maybe two years of my life in Southeast Asia and Asia in general. And I love it. Like, that's really where I feel m my best self. Mm -hmm. And it's partly because of the chaos of a lot of the places. Not everywhere, of course. You find peace. You can find serenity. But when you're in a city in Asia and India, there's loads of fucking people. people everywhere. Like, mm -hmm. and it's the beeping of the horns. Like, I've never seen traffic like that in my life. Everyone is trying to get everywhere as fast as humanly possible um, can't imagine it's it's insane but and it's like the smells the colors like it's just so every house is painted Sensory a different color overload. yeah you know I'm pretty sensitive person I'm a very sensitive person mm. and so you know not every day I was like smiling and loving it you know like sometimes I was like oh that's too much and I would have to retreat I went straight to the mountains, really. You got out of the city. Yeah, so much immediately. So for me, this worked out well. Usually I arrive and I don't have a plan. That's how I usually like to do things. But for India, it kind of felt like I would feel more comfortable if I had something organized. Mm -hmm. So I teed up a workaway up in Dharamshala, which is in Himachal Pradesh. Um, I took a bus from Delhi, just a night bus. Um, how long was that? That was 10 hours, I think. 10 hours into the mountains. Yeah. And the thing with India is there's different buses you can take. You can take the public bus and then you can take another step up from that, which is a bit more comfortable. You can take another step up from that, which is a bit more comfortable, obviously increasing in price. So you can ease your way in. You can do it however you want the whole time. Like mm, That's the, good to know. Yeah. The first bus I took was like a more fancy one. My friend who had been to India before um, told me to go befriend her mate who was this Indian guy who was a travel agent mm -hmm. and he organized the bus for me we hung out for a couple of days and um, he was like he got me on this this fancy bus and I was like Ugh, I don't want the fancy bus and he was like ease up all right it's your first few days take the fancy bus and, and you took I, the fancy bus well I didn't even realize that's what I'd paid for at that point mm -hmm. but um 
but yeah, I think I took two fancy buses in my six months there, and that was that okay. was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there much of a difference? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big difference. <laughs> yeah. But I, I personally, personal preference, I love the public one. It's just. I don't know. It's a, for me, it was an it's adventure. It's more raw. Yeah, you're living it. That's yeah, the thing. you're in there. Your long-term travel is meant to experience how people actually live instead of yeah. just going and taking the easy route of you know retreats that are all inclusive and you go for two weeks. You know exactly. That's not mm. my style. Like yeah. my friend who I traveled with in Mexico, we actually laughed because I was like, "Where are the where are the cheap buses that take hours longer?" And he was like, "Why would you want that?" I'm like, "Because I think I." We realize that I actually enjoy being uncomfortable. Like, yeah, I feel I'm a bit more alive, you know. Exactly. Um, but yeah, I don't, for me, I really enjoyed taking just like the normal bus everywhere because it was sometimes they would break down, and obviously that's not fun. But it's just part of the adventure. Part and, of the adventure for sure. And they play really loud music. Like you can't put your headphones in. Like don't. Wow. You can't. It's like really loud Bollywood and Punjabi music. Like loud you know and but it gives you and you're looking out the window at all the stimulus that i've just been describing like people everywhere mountains a lot of a lot of rubbish like a lot of trash unfortunately mm -hmm. like an obscene amount to be honest with you um but just people and colors and everything everywhere and you're listening to the music and you're smelling the smells it's almost like you're forced to be you are present, present. Yeah, yeah like you are there forced, you, forced to be present exactly which i loved you know mm -hmm. and um I did have one bus that was really funny, like a public one. I was going from uh, Gagnani in... Oh, actually, I might want to gatekeep that one. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but I was going from a place in um, uh, Uttarakhand. Uh, I was going from Uttarakhand, the top of Uttarakhand, all the way to Pokhara in Nepal. It took 48 hours and three wow. buses. The last bus was a fancy bus in Nepal because I didn't know what I was doing, and that was actually the worst one somehow. Oh really? But on the, yeah, Not I ironic. was just done by this point. Yeah. But um, on the first one, it's going down all these windy mountains, mm. and this woman leans over me to throw up out the window. <gasps> like I was like, oh no! Oh. Like, but to be honest, like of course I feel for her. But there was there was vomit on the sides of all of these. Um, oh buses because there's the mountains are just insane like the and the roads the roads the, are crazy I'm sure the drivers are just whipping they're it insane and just, they've been doing that for a long time honestly I think there should be like a game like a like a console game called Indian bus driver and all <laughs> you do is just try to like beat the Indian bus drivers to get somewhere or like to just traverse on these mountains or I don't know man I've never that has probably been for me where I'm like, oh, I could die today. Like, but I didn't. So yeah. <laughs> mm. there is a flow to India. Like they, it, there is a rhythm and a pace that they all seem to understand. But I mean, it, there's like 1.3 billion people there and they're all trying to get to where they're trying to be mm -hmm. as fast as humanly possible. Like I said, I used to live in Vietnam and I saw a lot of accidents there as well because again, there's so many people and everyone's on a motorbike there. But people drove slower there. In uh, Vietnam. Yeah, in okay. Vietnam. But in India, they're, they're so fast. It's, mm. it's crazy. Like, but, yeah, you're just going to pray to whatever god you've got and get on the bus. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if not, you're just going to be sitting there. Yeah, <laughs> you, know? you might as well stay home, you know, yeah. like, which I don't recommend. So. <laughs> mm. 
Mm. But um, so you're going to the mountains. We're doing a work away. Yeah, I did this really cool work away with this company called Waste Warriors, and they deal with all the waste that's on this mountain um, in Dharamshala. Mm. Um, they work in Bagzu and Dharamkot, and so they work with all the guest houses, the restaurants, and everything there. It's a pretty touristy place, like Bagzu and Dharamkot. Dharamshala is actually where the Dalai Lama lives, so there's a big Tibetan um, mm -hmm. community there. And did you know that these areas were more touristy when you were going into it, or is that something you found out once mm. you got there? I suppose... Or did you seek out the touristy spots? Um, at the start, yes, because I didn't know what I was doing. Exactly. At the end, literally I ran away from Goa. I was like, I stayed for a little bit, which is like the party sort of area okay. in the south. Um, had I arrived, I probably would have been and straight to Goa. I probably would have enjoyed it more. That's not to say there's anything wrong with it. Like, there's a lot going on there. It's not it's what you're cool. searching for. But at that time, I, I literally ran away. And then I was, I was in such random areas. But you do need to be careful in India. Like, you, especially alone, you can't just go absolutely anywhere that you want. It's not, that, it's not safe like that. You need to mm -hmm. use your head. And there's certain states that are a bit more sketchy or a bit more... You're, you're a bit more vulnerable in than others and there's also there's also because each state has its own culture and its own vibe it's all India but it's all different like mm. it's so old it's like ancient you know and there's hundreds of languages and within that hundreds of cultures like so mm. yeah it's really it's a, it's a fascinating place you know but it all has its own thing but yeah I went straight to the mountains because my friend who I was with right before I went to India he went to Dharamshala and he told me, go there, like it's mountains, you see the mist coming in and you, do, and honestly, it's a beautiful place. It mm -hmm. is, I went on, that's where I fell in love with hiking, r truly, and you could just go up the mountain. Are the mountains there big snowy peaks? Are they nice fluffy with trees? Or give us a little bit of description with those mountains. Uh, in Dharamshala, it's like, it's, it's like fluffy, Greenery, yeah, Greenery, but it's green. still it's the Himalayas, you know. So yeah. I ended up spending three months in the Himalayas, and I would highly recommend it. It is mm -hmm. really my favorite place on earth that I've been to so far. And wow. um, this part was yeah green. I went further up, which ended up being my favorite place I've ever been to, Spiti Valley, um, and that's dry, arid, desert mountains, oh, wow. and that completely yeah. changes. And I was there in October. And that is the last month that you can go in there for the year because it starts, to, it becomes winter and they get completely cut off from the rest of wow. everywhere. Wow, but people still live out there. Oh yeah, people live there. And, but they, you know, they, because it's on the border with Tibet, um, I ended up doing a really cool hike. I did a trek there and a hike there that went literally went to the last village before Tibet on this one area mm -hmm. and we stayed in the monastery that night with the, like the 19 year old ashram keeper like mm. um and they look very quiet like tibetan and they also that we asked one of the men that we stayed with at his guest house like do you consider yourself like indian or and he's like no spit spittian you know like i'm from spitty valley like because uh. they have their complete it's a completely different place like of course they're still indian and they they can speak Hindi, I think, up there. Mm, but they're so cut off from the rest that they do feel like their own. Yeah, and it's so their old. Their own unit over there. And like for them, they're like, 
they've got their own sort of economy going on there. Like, yes, they take in guests, but they're like farming for themselves. Like, when I was there, you could tell winter was coming, you know? They're like, working. They're working hard, like, because in winter, there's no work. Like, they're going to chill, but they're going to sit, and they're going to wait until it's not winter anymore, mm. and then they do the whole process again. Like, I guess how everybody did at one stage. You yeah, know? before we could start escaping winter, like mm. a lot of us do. Yeah. Or mm. just, yeah, or before you Heat have to, or capitalism decided you still have to go to work in heaps of snow, exactly. you know, like, until, like, things became 24-7, like, that's how people were living. So, I went there after, maybe two months into India, mm -hmm. and that changed my whole perspective of being there, and that really changed, from that moment onwards, I was in flow, I was the happiest I've ever been, Wow. And yeah, everything was just felt good. Even the shit things felt good. Like I was able to get past them a bit more because I met this incredible woman on the bus, my beautiful friend Maria. And she'd been spending five years going in and out of India. She spoke Hindi. Um, Where was she from originally? She's from England originally. Okay. And I was 24 at the time and she was 52, I think. And we just met on the bus going towards Spitty Valley. And I was supposed to take the bus two days before and then the day before, but I kept prolonging my stay in Manali, which is another beautiful mm -hmm. uh, mountain town. And then I'm so fate brought me and this woman together, you yes. know, and I truly believe that. Mm. A lot of my closest friends that I've met traveling, I met on a bus or on a plane just sitting next to me, you know, and to mm. me that is so, it's fate. It really is. And that's one great thing about not having strict time mm. limit limitations while you're traveling it allows you to spend two extra days somewhere oh absolutely and then so you do get on that bus where you do meet this best friend that turns your trip around totally like changes your life yeah and i just think you know of course there's this idea of like free will it's, i don't know it's contentious do we actually have it like i really truly believe i was always meant to be on that bus because mm. meeting her and traveling with her and our other friend for two weeks in Spitty Valley where we hitchhiked and trekked um, it just it really it kind of changed yeah changed my whole trip and it therefore changed my life you know so exactly um, but she really taught me she was like oh just all the inconveniences and you know if a, like if something happens I just think it's funny like and she's like I just think Indian people and the culture here are just like they're just they are the friendliest people and like they're just so, like I said, everything's so stimulating and like they're just very gregarious and they're just lovely people and they want to make you feel welcome most of the time and you can always make a mate in India, you know? Mm. And there's always something funny going on and there's like, of course, there's a lot of shit that happens there and that shouldn't be dismissed in any sort of way. But there's so much, I feel like that gets so much of the focus mm. when people think of India they think of, it drowns out all the good stuff yeah like when i meet people i tell i tell them that i had an amazing time there even when i didn't have an amazing time i still had an amazing time mm. in the end you know so yeah i think that it's really yeah it's beautiful to focus on the positives and um yeah, yeah i'm really meet, lucky meet somebody like maria who can remind you not to take life so seriously absolutely and, yeah and life is 50 50 it's mm. not always you know smile and pure bliss it mm. also no matter where you are in life, 
no matter what you're doing it's always going to be 50 50 hopefully bliss and some other things that aren't so enjoyable that's the thing yeah we still talk and yeah i just really feel like because india is a challenge you know what i mean like and if you're up for it then you'll enjoy it if you want to if you want to go sit on the beach and have the cocktail brought to you by all means, go do that, you know? There's there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But it's not how I like to travel, you know? And yeah. so once you get past the difficulties that India presents you with, like taking the bus, taking the train, just things that we like tend to take for granted exactly. in the Western world. Because it's just really complicated. They just make it really complicated for some reason. Mm. Um, so it's yeah. a very rewarding feeling once you get there. Yeah, I feel like it also, you get out of it what you put into it. Mm. So if you're willing to see how other people live and try to get more on their level instead of, of just taking the, the pina coladas by the beach. Yeah. Um, definitely opens up your doors to meeting other people and creating more of a connection with the country. Absolutely. And like I said, Indian people are... The, it's the most friendly country I've ever been to. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what was your favorite cultural difference? Uh, the food. The food. <laughs> oh, of course, I mean, yes. You love to eat. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And I can't even think about the food without... Let's not even think about yeah, it. We're in South America. Yeah. Where the food is más o menos. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't want to talk ill of my host, but um, it's nothing on India, for sure. <laughs> like, I, I could imagine. It's really... Go for the... Like... If you have no other reason to be there, go for the food, like, mm, yeah, and then fall in love with the rest later. But go eat. India is so vast; it's just massive. And mm. like, you think you look it up at it on a map or something, and you're like, "That's not that." It doesn't it look is, that big on a map because there's so much around it. Huge. I could imagine, yeah. And especially because there's every part of it, pretty much, is inhabited. Just filled with people, yeah. Yeah, so like the roads, it just takes ages to do things, like to just drive places. And India has everything. It's got jungle, it's got desert, it's got high arid desert mountains, it's got the beach, it's got everything. So whatever you're looking for, you can find it, you know. I recommend to anyone that wants to long-term travel, definitely look into work away or volunteering. Exactly. Because it makes, one, it's economical. Uh, Very much so. Two, you learn something usually. Sometimes they're not great. What can you do? You you never know until you're there. Waste Warriors are a great organization. They also had it in different parts of the country that weren't touristy. This part was touristy, but they they had like a little branch. And this was in 2019 that I was there. And so I'm sure that it's expanded since then. Um, But they handled all the trash on the on the mountain and then we also once a week would go up to the hike that you can do there and we would pick up all the rubbish that gets mm. left on the side i hate i, hate I that. fucking hate those tiny little lollies like mm. those individual lozenger packets mm-hmm. they're the bane of my existence yeah. when anyone ever hands me one i'm like absolutely not like mm. because i have to go and hand pick them off this fucking mountain weekly you know like pick they, were, we, they did it once a week and there was still rubbish on the mountain when you'd go up next time, you know, like... Yeah, it is kind of more eye-opening when you see something that you typically use mm. in nature, just trash sitting just there. Sitting like there. if you drink 
Coca-Colas or something and you see a Coca-Cola bottle, you're like, well, that could potentially be mine in another, you know, place of the world. You exactly. Know? So it really opens up your eyes more, especially when you're the one having to pick it up and put hours of work into that as mm. well. I think that's something everybody should do. Absolutely. Well. Oh, we all create trash. Yeah. I mean, We all should be picking it up too. Exactly. For me, I love picking up rubbish like because it feels like a good one nice good deed for the earth like there's nothing negative happening as I exactly pick up the rubbish. right <laughs> it's like anxiety reducing for exactly. me exactly um but yeah so yeah I would really I would recommend doing workway if you're planning a long-term trip um because and then you get to know people a bit, a bit better and you get to know a place a bit better exactly um get more of a like a raw authentic experience yeah and very unique I think all the workaways I've done and all the volunteers that I've found myself in, it just have been the most unique experiences mm. that have always kind of stuck with me on a trip rather than just going and getting the tour that everybody else does and staying at the hostel that everybody else does. Yeah, absolutely. Like, for me, it was really, like, Darmshaw is a beautiful place. It's a beautiful area. And I felt so lucky that I got to spend three weeks. I was only three, there for three weeks, you know. Um, but I just feel so grateful that I was able to really get to know the place rather than just pass through it so mm -hmm. and that's the thing you can go there they did yoga retreats there and yoga teacher trainings there they did everything there so yeah. it's a big meditation hub obviously because the tibetans are all there yeah the dalai lama so i actually saw the dalai lama do a teaching there oh, cool. um which was interesting i didn't know what he was saying they translate it but i still have no idea what he was saying hard to keep up pff, fucking a like but um but it was cool um like, I think I said earlier, like, India, it felt like India tried to kill me when I first got there. Yeah, so I want to hear more about that part of the story. Like, I would say, like, two weeks into the trip, or maybe three weeks into the trip. Maybe three. Um, I'm, so I stayed in, like, an apartment, sort of, like, a small apartment um, with my work away. Yeah. I shared a room with another woman. And um, I, w I did yoga at, like, 10 in the morning, I think. It was, like, around the corner from where I was staying. Yeah. This is like a touristy area. So during my yoga, I was like, because I was still settling in. I was feeling a bit uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable, but just a bit uneasy, you know? Like I'm yeah. still getting my bearings. And I, I was in my yoga and my intention was, I want to be open, you know? I want to be open to experiences. Open and ready to receive. Yeah, exactly. Yes. And so I go back, I head back to my apartment building. And there's like this monk sitting there um, in like the stairwell of where I was living. We start chatting. And he's like, oh, I'm thinking of moving here. Like, um, do you stay here? I was like, yeah, I stay here. And bear in mind, this is the middle of the day. This is like 11 a.m. And he's like, oh, do you mind if I just like, quickly see your room? Like, I was waiting for the landlord, but like, I just want to have a look at the room to see if I can stay here. And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, okay, sure. Like, it's the middle of the day. I've just gone into yoga being like, I want to be open. Exactly. And also he's dressed like a monk or he's a monk, you know? So, mm, so you're kind of in this trusting so I'm like yeah sense and mentality exactly so I'm like okay like he can have a look at my room like whatever um but we go into the room and then I expect him obviously not to enter or to enter and do nothing but I see all my clothes are on my bed so I just quickly remove them and he comes into the room and he swings the door shut and mm. I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, yeah. like, that's not good. Bad sign. Yeah. And I was already, like, on the other side of the room, on my bed, like, sit, just sitting down on my bed. 
and he's looking around all weird and he like goes to the bathroom to look in it and then he comes and sits on the bed opposite mine because there was two beds like opposite each other yeah and then i'm like how big is this guy um not too big a bit bigger than me not that much which i'm very thankful for yeah to be honest um yeah so he's sitting opposite me and i'm like i need to get him out of my room like this is bad you know, like, mm-hmm. as I already was like, mm. was this a panic moment or was this kind of more like a deep knowing I need to get like kind of more of a calmer sense of I need to get him out of my room right now? Mm. Or was it more panic feeling? I would, it was, it, it was a bit of a panic, but I had to remain calm, you know, like yes. I can't allow him to see that I'm sus on him or that I'm stressed about what's happening. But as soon as that, I was already like, this is kind of strange, but you know, we're in India, like blah, blah, blah. And then, yeah, as soon as he swung that door shut, I was like, oh my fucking God, like what's about to happen, you know? Yeah. Anyway, so I, I, I'm like, hey, like I need to take a shower. So I need you to leave. And he was like, take a shower, go ahead. Like, and as it gesturing for me to just go take, and he'll wait for me sort of thing. Mm. And I was like, no, like, I need you to leave, you know, like, I'm sorry, like, but you need to go. And he's like, yeah, okay. And so he stood up and he, and so I stood up with him or I think I stayed seated, but he, he goes to shake my hand. So I shake begrudgingly. I, I'm like, okay, I'll shake this man's hand and then he'll leave. I shake his hand and then he forces all of his weight onto me, onto the bed. Like he's mm. literally trying to pin me down, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and so I, it was just, everything happened so fast, you know? But luckily, he wasn't that big. And I pushed the cunt off me. I just, we're struggling a bit. I push him off me. He falls down like on the end of my bed. Like my bag was on the end of it and he like fell over it, like yeah. onto the floor. And he had a rainbow umbrella and that was sitting on the other, on the bed that he was sitting on before. Yeah. So this is all happening fast, you know? So I pick up his umbrella and I fucking hold it over him. And in my head, I'm like, oh, and then I I run and I open the door at some point, you know, like it's all happening fast. Super fast, yeah. And I'm holding the umbrella over him and I'm like, can I swear at a monk? This is in my head. I'm like, can I swear at a monk? And I was like, Fuck these guys! Yeah, just no one respect you know? out the window. I know, and I was like, "Get the fuck out of here, you creepy fucking monk!" And he's like, he's on the floor, looking like a little pathetic little worm. He's like scared, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so I'm holding the umbrella over him, and then he stands up, and I'm like, ready to. I'm. I've got it in my arms like a baseball bat, and he's like, <laughs> he's like but my umbrella <laughs> and I'm like I'll give you your fucking umbrella when you leave like the audacity yeah he wants his he wants my weapon you know yeah, but he wants exactly. his umbrella and so he runs out I get the door I throw him his umbrella on the floor and then I close it and I lock it you know yeah and um and then I just sit and I just have a minute to just sort of realize what's just happened yeah you know? to process it all uh, I contact my workaway people and they were really nice about it. Um, and then my friend messages me. This is actually a really crazy story. I just didn't know who to contact, you know what yeah. I mean? And I was just like, I just think you should know that like someone just attacked me in the apartment building yeah, where, you, exactly. where I'm staying with you guys. Supposedly, potentially dressed up as a monk or yeah. monk if he isn't actually one. I mean, I don't know any monks that behave like that. I don't you either. Know? Yeah, if um, not, he needs to do a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> 
but that's the thing like I've mm-hmm. heard of this sort of happening before in India like people dressing up as um, mm, that's really good to know it's very and especially important. being hanging around like yoga studio yoga classes so they're there to take advantage of somebody being in kind of like an open mindset like you absolutely I'd heard of this happening a lot in India but not with monks necessarily mm. like people dressed as monks it was more people dressed as um, I'm trying to remember the name but sadhus sadhus how do they dress um, it's it's a similar sort of vibe to a monk but like it's it's a mystical Is sort of shaman but it's like a shaman but for yeah orange is usually the color or white um but it's like the shaman of india sort okay. of thing to put it layman's yeah, terms whatever. but just to say it in like a comparison to here um and yeah i had heard of that happening quite a bit but i'd never heard of like a, that happening with a monk yeah um but the crazy thing is well there's a lot of crazy things that happen but my friend is calling me. I didn't have many friends here. You know, I had my own little group. This is Maria calling you. No, this is a different... This is this before Maria. Yeah, this is before I met Maria. Um, so I have a friend who I was hanging out with at the time. There was We had our little group. There was like three or four of us that would hang out. Um, and she's calling me and I'm like, I just need a minute. And I just text her. I'm like, hey, I can't talk right now. Like a monk just attacked me. And she goes, call me right now. A monk attacked me as well. <gasps> Wow. So I call her and she tells me 15 minutes before I met him, he was on like the main path that goes up the mountain. Yeah. And he grabbed her as well. (gasps) Same guy. Same guy. Wow. Rainbow fucking umbrella. And he, he goes to shake her hand on the street. And you know, you're very, like in this area, it's all very friendly, all of these things. And she shakes his hand and he grabs her as well. And she pushes him off. And then he runs around the corner to where I live. And then, so she was Israeli, and in this area, there's a big Israeli community. Mm -hmm. And so they have like an Israeli Facebook page or something where they just like do little communal posts or whatever. Hang out and stuff like that, yeah. Yeah, whatever. So she posts on there things like this. She goes, hey, like, um, I was just attacked. Me and my friend were both just attacked by a monk. Like, women, please watch out. Like, there's a fucking crazy monk on the loose. She gets a message from five or six different women saying the exact same thing happened to them as well. So this cunt is just walking around, just randomly attacking any woman that he sees. And so I went to the police with the help of my work away. Um, Yeah. My work away, I was like, something really interesting that like, when I thought it was just me, I was like, oh, I wouldn't bother. But when I knew that other women, it had also happened to them, I was like, mm. fuck this. You yeah, know? this needs to be stopped. So I went wow. to the police and I described it in as much detail. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so one of them comes with me and Vicky, one of the guys that actually work for the company. And so we go and look at all of the footage around the place mm. um, to see if we can like get a photo of this guy yeah but he looks like a monk and like all of the monks dress the exact same they all have a shaved head and he looks like a tibetan sort of monk i can't even tell you how many people there are that look like this there exactly. you know what i mean i couldn't even imagine the also. only difference is the shoes and this fucking umbrella yeah and so we go and we look at like the corner store um 
camera and I say, I say that's him because he had the umbrella. Yeah. And then we go and we look at the house that was kind of like in front of mine and we're like, do you have cameras? And they're like, yeah, yeah. So we go inside and we look at the cameras and then we see five minutes after he leaves me, he goes, you see her exit the camera view. She goes around the corner, the woman that owns the house. And then you see him enter and she's like, oh my God. And I'm like, that's him, you know? And, and then he enters her house. She had no idea this has happened. Mm. He enters her house and she's like, quickly, like she changes it to the, um, the video that was inside of the house. She's got a camera that's in there. So they quickly change it to that. And you see him just enter her house and just go up the stairs of her house where she doesn't have any cameras. That's her bedroom. And then you just see him come back down five minutes later and then just leave. She had no idea that he was in there. I wonder what he did. did he Probably stole some shit. Stole some like, things, yeah. so the, the community there, it's very, it is very touristy there. It's a beautiful place, but yeah, it is very touristy. Yeah. And there's a balance between touristy and then also people knowing that and coming to take advantage of tourists. That's the thing. There's that. And then there's also the fact that if people feel unsafe there they're not going to come back so yes the police took the number and they took the information uh. but the town the town was hellbent on finding this man oh really yeah they were like we need to get him out of here and i honestly believe i don't know wow, what happened that's a really good feeling though it is a good feeling like it is coming from a place of like we want we need the tourists here like but it was like we we can't have this fucking lunatic running around attacking random women and stealing shit from people's houses mm -hmm. because it's not safe you know and so I stayed for one more week which I was actually really glad about so pretty much at this point I had two options go go somewhere else or home or staunch the fuck up you know become yeah. resilient and yeah. like and you know it would have been completely fair enough and valid if I decided to leave in that moment and I was like, but I just arrived and I want to see this through. Like, I'm not going to fucking let some man who randomly decided I was the target for that minute yeah. decide whether I stay here or not, you know? So, so yeah, that happened. So is that what kept you traveling after, you know, being assaulted, uh, just kind of wanting to continue your journey that you set out on, on this country and not like let it end on such a bad note. Totally. Like, I think it would, like I said, it's I part of the challenge. You know? Absolutely. Like, unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, the men exist in this world who want to harm you, you know, like, mm. and that's not the first place that I was assaulted. And it's not the last place either, unfortunately. Um, but I refuse to allow myself to be dictated by the one the patriarchy mm -hmm. and to men's fucking disgusting decisions to stop you from seeing the world exactly for me that's not good enough you know like in some places i am putting my life at risk you know but you fucking put your life at risk when you leave the house and so i would rather take that chance and grow from it as well because I have grown so much from these experiences, mm -hmm. shit ones and amazing ones. Because traveling's intense. It's 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 kind of either shit or amazing. It's very rarely mundane or in the middle, you know? Like yeah. um and I feel like that's when you can really like feel like you're actually living. You yeah. Know?
Because if it's just neutral all the time, what's oh, the I point? can't live. There's it's no neutral. growth. Yeah. That's the thing with traveling has given me so much. And it's also given me this whole like, oh, every time I leave Australia, it's difficult to go back. And every time I do come back, I feel slightly less like I belong there, you know? Mm. And that is one thing that's like difficult about traveling and like the people people do talk about but it's hard to explain if you've not experienced it the more you leave the, the the more experience you have the more you grow and the more it's not quite in tune with where you're from exactly you know? yeah have you ever felt anywhere where you said this is my home are you still is that one of your reasons to travel is to keep searching for a home yeah I mean yes like like I said Vietnam was home for a year and a half which was nice but insane at the same time mm -hmm. Vietnam is a whole other thing really um, I am searching for a place to call home but I'm also resolute in the fact that I don't think I can sit anywhere for too long you know like and I'm mm -hmm. okay with that for me I seem to have a kind of year cap on things mm -hmm. I haven't had a, the same job for more than a year in seven years and I yeah. changing constantly because for me, I enjoy that. I know a lot of people would think, fuck that. Like I crave stability and I crave mm -hmm. routine, but I just kind of don't. Sometimes I do enjoy routine. Yeah. That's why I enjoy workaways because it's given, it it's gives like you mini routine. routine. Yeah. Mini stability out there. Absolutely. It that is a great a way to look at it. a little home for a month and then you fuck off to the next adventure. Okay, so um, this is kind of jumping out of place, but I did want to ask you something. Whenever you met the monk with the rainbow umbrella mm. and he asked to see your room, did you have that instant feeling of, I shouldn't do this? Or any anything of your intuition telling you like, hey, maybe not? I think, yeah, it's interesting. Because for me, that's ingrained in me. When somebody mm. asks me something, and you know maybe this is good maybe this is bad but i'm always like where are the bad intentions here mm. i think it's good to not get too lost in that because you on, do miss out on things on but i think it is incredibly important to, to be able also to be aware that. that some people do want to harm you um a part of me 100 percent was like of course that seems weird yeah but then the other part of me that was like you you're being too closed off you know like this is why sometimes it's hard to meet people like it's because you're not open enough with people mm -hmm. you know like this part of me was like no like this is this is the universe in a way being like go be open like mm -hmm. but alas no um i think yeah like i said from that point onwards it was like i need in Australia, we say staunch. I don't know if we say that anywhere else, but um, I never heard that. <laughs> besides from you, staunch is I like I just feel like bulking up and like absolutely up. That is staunch is like when you're yeah you you're tough. You know, yeah. like you're you're a tough kind, tough and enough, you are yeah. fucking like yeah. ready to handle anything. That's absolutely, and maybe that is what you were meant to receive was a challenge to to tell yourself that yeah I can't handle India right now I just bought off this seemingly monk that yeah. just assaulted me well that's I'm ready thing. to handle anything I feel so so immensely grateful that that's what happened and it wasn't anything anything more. worse because yeah. if he'd just been a bigger man that I wasn't able to get or if off he had me, more of a weapon on him yeah or something. like if he if there's so many situations where that ends in me 
being much more harmed, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it was kind of just like a little wake-up call, maybe, of... Absolutely. Okay, keep yourself on your guard. Yeah. Especially if you're going to be here, you know? Yeah. Like, and because... So, yeah, there's two things I want to say about that. Like, the first is, like... Um, so two days later, I had to go pick up rubbish for my work away. Mm. And I was not feeling well. Like, I was feeling very anxious. Like because I, of the experience. Yeah. Because, yeah. Like, no, it that's had traumatic. Sort of, very traumatic. Yeah. Like, it had sort of... Wait. Like, the next day, I felt okay. I was hanging out with my friend who was also grabbed by this man. And we sort of bonded over this mm-hmm. a little bit. And we, I felt... I don't know. Like, a few things happened and I was okay. But two it's days later, it was sort of sitting in my brain a bit. And I was... I. I think my body had caught up a little bit to what had happened mm-hmm. and I was feeling awful and I was walking to the to where I was supposed to work that day and I'm, and I'm walking down these stairs and a man approaches me and he's talking to me and I'm like flustered and he goes to shake my hand and I'm like oh fuck again and I shake the man's hand and he tries to bring me in and I not aggressively but he's he grabs my hand you know like he wants a hug or some shit and I had a panic attack on the spot on this step and yeah. he freaked out like because he was like whoa and he just ran away I, I I just broke out into tears and was just uh. like like I like was like I think I said no or something you know I was just like what is happening again you know like yeah and I just fully had a panic attack on this step and in that moment that was really the universe being like are you going to shake cunt's hands or not? You know, like, yeah. did you learn or did you not learn? And so from that moment onwards, because people are so... I need to, yeah, reiterate, like... So that happened in the first two, three weeks, right? I stayed yeah. for six months. Yeah. I fucking loved it there. And for every creep on whatever bus or wherever the fuck you are, for one creep, there's 20 or 30 friendly people that want to help you. Exactly. And they will help you if you ask for it. Like, like I said before, it's the friendliest place I've ever been. Mm. Um, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, you could miss a bus and then there's a creep on that bus that you missed out on or you get the next one and there's a... You just don't know. Like Exactly. Um, but from that... But the thing is, people will try to take advantage of you in India and you need to be fucking ready for that. And you, I know this guy, he... He, he paid like a thousand US dollars for train tickets and hostels oh my for God. like three weeks or something or four weeks. It does not cost that much. Like he with, yeah. fully got scammed. And he asked me and I was like, yeah. So you you are a target sometimes. No matter who you are. Exactly. Yeah. Like, exactly. And so you need to be careful and like you don't let people take advantage of you. When, they, when you go in asking for a bus ticket, you buy one bus ticket. You don't buy all the other things that come with it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when men after this point, because people, everything is, what is your good name, my friend? Everything is my friend. Mm. Um, what is, it's always what is your good name, which I love. Um, so funny. But they're trying to, but men, I have real specific memories of men trying to shake my hand after that and me, if I didn't know them, saying no. And then kind of taking offense. I could But imagine. I just don't care because my safety is so much more important than their, them being offended. This is, I'm saying like, if I don't know the person and they approach exactly. me on the street. Yeah, just random person. Not just being a dick to anyone. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Because I don't really like it. I love the kiss on the cheek here. I love that about the South American culture and 
Um, but yeah, sometimes some random men on the bus will just try to do it to me. And yeah, I'm it's like, just not no, gonna happen. Like I'm, I'm good without that. And it is hard to find the balance between keeping yourself safe and trying not to come off of, as rude, you know? Because mm. a handshake is so normal. But yeah, it's like but it's then such it a great way for you to just give away your power exactly to, and let somebody take advantage of you. And like, like I, I had never even thought about it. Yeah. And so, yeah, from that, I just think about all of the mainly women, obviously people as well, but all of the women or the femme presenting people in the world who have been literally murdered, let alone raped or assaulted, robbed, all of the other things, just because they were being polite. Yeah. But they didn't really listen point. to their instinct mm-hmm. or they just thought, no, I should be polite. I don't want to be rude. Because we're so taught to be people pleasers. We're so taught, just society in general, and then women especially, you can't be rude. Rude is the worst possible thing you could be. You know what would be fucking worse? Being murdered on the spot by this creep, you know? Like, so from that point onward, I was like, I would rather, I will be rude if it means that I'm safe. Exactly. Because my safety, my feeling of being safe is the most important thing. And there's times after that where I didn't feel safe, you know, and that you have to, you, when you're alone, you're fucking alone, you know, mm. and you have to really, you can lean on people, you can ask people. In a lot of the train stations in India, they have women only sections, which oh, take wow. advantage of that. Go and sit there. Like, That's amazing. Yeah, they've got like a little, they've usually got a plug somewhere yeah. and like, go and sit in that, like take advantage of these things. But yeah. Sometimes you might be alone and you might be scared, but you cannot look it. You need to look fucking tough. Stonked or whatever you staunch, say. Bro. Staunch, bro. <laughs> yeah. You need yeah, to be and staunch and look it. Even if you don't feel it, never ever walk with exactly. your head down. And that's what I think about. If I ever have like an injury and I'm like, my ankle hurts and I'm like, I want to be limping. No, you can't be limping either. Cause mm. I feel like that's just like a target as well. Um, like, like, I don't, I don't want to like anybody to look like I'm slow. Yeah. You know, I'm an easy target. Mm. That's like one of the main uh, challenges of traveling alone is realizing I am alone and I'm the only person that can, at, in the end of the day, help me yeah. do what I want to do. And that's, I have trouble when I go back home or maybe I'm like traveling with something, something happens and shit hits the fan and I go into like action mode. Because I'm used to just, like, when shit hits the fan, I'm alone. I have to take care of it. I know what you mean. Like, it can be really difficult to, to like, to go with back into this community setting. But I think it is important to just keep the connection lines open a little bit. Because it can be very alienating being out here alone. Yeah. But, I, yeah, I do think it is important to have that support system back at home. That's, like, a phone call away if shit hits the fan. And I've definitely taken advantage of that and... It's something that has helping me also work through while traveling is that I'm so indecisive mm. and being alone and having to decide my shit without calling my best friend and saying, hey, like, I kind of want to eat this for dinner, but like, also I want to do that. Like, literally I'll ask shit like that. Mm. So it's, it's, it's nice to also like when they don't answer the phone and I'm like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a massive 
massive growth experience that I'm continuing on for me, and it's not for everyone. I would recommend to everyone to do at least, at least a, like a month or something, yeah. somewhere chill as well. If if you're not up for it, like yeah. just to see what it's like to be on your own, sure, yeah, sure. or even you don't even need to go anywhere, but just go sit in a cabin alone for the weekend yeah. and don't call your friends you know and just be alone for a little bit because we're so scared of that like because yeah. we're not used to it and the like I feel help. so grateful for social media because we can like I can stay connected with people but then also at the same time I'm like constantly in contact with people we're not meant to be like mm -hmm. we're not meant to like constantly be at the tip of our fingers like, like reachable yeah it's it's kind of a new concept too because you know back in the day it's like once you left the home once you left your home and mm. you left your home phone nobody could contact you for the rest of the day yeah but now it's like we are literally reachable 24 fucking seven yeah and like I have to message people when I'm going off somewhere where there's no service like yeah just to make just so they don't worry you know yeah like, exactly. Like I'm still trying to learn how to listen to my intuition, but it's real. Once you start fine tuning that, it's a massive tool. It's a massive, powerful tool, and mm -hmm. so I think that's kind of the thing that you should always go back to and base who you're putting your trust in is what is your intuition telling you. And yeah. sometimes that fucks up. You know, you can't always know what's going. Like, it's not just this some deep like deep reader and knows everything but it is actually incredibly powerful it so. is it's hard to tap into especially when you aren't listening to it all the time mm -hmm. and then you're kind of cut off from it when you're you listen to it in your everyday decisions I feel like is when it gets stronger in the decisions that you really need so yeah, that's one of the hardest things about traveling and just experiencing life in general is just distinguishing fear and anxiety from your intuition mm. a lot of people think it's or i've listened to some things where intuition is kind of more of a calm knowing that you shouldn't do something and fear and anxiety is more of like a fast-paced panic feeling mm. and that's why i was asking you that earlier because it's more of a, the int intuition is kind of like a calm knowing that just kind of kind of splashes over you mm -hmm. while fear and anxiety is kind of your hands getting really sweaty right before you're about to go do some performance on stage or um and your body just telling you no 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 I shouldn't do this I'm gonna fuck it up something's bad's gonna happen um that's more of your anxiety and your fear talking to you totally I think that's a really good way of putting it like mm -hmm. for me I'm still trying to distinguish this like it's something like I do have anxiety of really I've been dealing with anxiety my whole life and so um yeah it is really hard to distinguish and I'm trying to I think with intuition and listening to your instincts it's something that you have to practice yeah. you really have to be trying to do that with like all every day like tuning into it and like fine-tuning that ability it takes time and practice and like mm -hmm. I said I'm really still trying to figure that out yeah me too mm. <laughs> And so what would be your number one advice to a solo woman traveling in India? In, um, like I said, staunch up. Staunch it up. Yeah, man. <laughs> um, be brave. Great, yeah. Be like it, be intuitive and listen to yourself and don't allow, don't give people the power to take advantage of you. Yeah. Of course, I'm not victim blaming when saying that. 
shit happens everywhere and I want to reiterate literally everywhere yeah there is not one country on this earth where I have felt completely safe um and but yeah I would say be smart you know if you don't have to take the night bus don't take the night bus like it is smarter to travel in the daytime Mm -hmm. but you can you can be alone there and people will help you lean into the fact that people are really friendly there um don't suffer in silence if something if you feel unsafe if your body is telling you something's happening be aware like constantly be aware like you cannot let your guard whilst you're on the move and whilst you're walking around you cannot put your guard down like unfortunately you do have to always have your radar up Mm -hmm. um so but in saying that i had the best time and i would implore anyone that feels ready to take it on because it is it's a challenge for sure mm-hmm. but if you feel ready to do that then I would encourage you to do so and yeah look around and take it in take it in <laughs> yeah I like to think about this whenever I'm experiencing anything that I'm only gonna have this exact moment this once like right now like we're only gonna eat these donuts this way at this place in this setting this time yeah you know like we might eat donuts again But it won't be in this exact setting, in this exact moment. So that just makes me cherish the the present moment a whole lot more when I think about, like, I'm never going to experience this sunset, this... Yeah. I'm never going to experience this again. Totally. Even though I'm going to see a sunset more times, I don't know. Totally. No, it's a good way to be. And I think traveling really heightens that ability. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you so much for all the words and all uh, your stories and sharing your journey through India. Uh, one last question. Where in this beautiful world are you after South America trip? Oh, see, I was going to say Peru because I'm heading in that direction. Okay, well, you're heading in Peru next. I'm heading to Peru next. Okay. In terms of the world, oof. to be honest with you, I don't know and I fucking love not knowing. Well, I'm excited to see where, where you go and hear more your stories um, in a later episode. Ooh, when we meet up somewhere else in the world. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, and Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to the episode today. I hope you all are having a lovely day, and we will catch you next time. I think that's good. Wow.